Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where an actual statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates and information. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and for some extra free picks on TikTok. All those links are in the description. This college basketball episode covers select games scheduled to be played on Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. In case you're in here, check out the webpage on the banner there. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to show key information about these games, give you some things to think on, explain why certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Remember that Sideline has graded plays on every single game. Just always take what you like and leave the rest. If you have questions about these or other games, the best place to get those answers is on the Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon. Link in the show description. So always remember there are no locks in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. Indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. We're only covering a subset of games in this episode, so for the full slate of picks, check out the Google Sheet link in the show description or on the website homepage. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're at a weird time today. Uh, yeah. It's about 5 p.m. Central on Friday recording. We're going to get this out to our Patreons who get the early access to shows. Um, it, you know, for people who are just bored watching football, you know, basketball on a Friday night, they can watch this. Um, 90 some odd games on Saturday. Yeah, it's outrageous. And it's not like I don't know that I've seen a day like this since really the first game of the season, the first day of the season this year. Yeah, and and this is kind of how Saturdays will go. It's just it's been lighter and more spread out because the tournaments, and now we're like back into like okay, like one of those Saturdays where half the teams you know in the country play, and um, you know really makes things a little bit crazy. Uh, I locked in thirty one A grade plays already, twenty nine B grade plays. So yeah, giving you the list to sort through, I, I kind of felt a little bad for you being like, hey, here's a bunch of plays, like go figure out what what we're doing here. Like it was like an avalanche of picks headed your way. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I mean, there's tons of good games and tons of great numbers out there right now. And I mean, I'm, I, I like your your confidence here. We're going with the Baylor Gonzaga shirt, hoping for a replay of that since that game hasn't hasn't shown up yet. It hasn't. So, yeah, half the people watching this, the game's either happening or already happened. I have no idea what happened. But, yes, uh, you know, as I, as I was fortunate enough to be at that game, so I figured I had to rock the shirt since that's the yeah. rematch that's happening, about to happen in a couple hours here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to today's game, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball and there'll be our college football content that this channel provides. And I've already mentioned that Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found there above and beyond what we do here. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Look, I get the plays of the day. On uh, Thursday, we were a perfect 3-0. No, again, no idea about Friday. Not a single game is tipped yet. Uh, but Saturday, I'll have a lot of plays for you. I have so many plays that I'm actually going to give out a few more of them. I'm going to slide them in like little Easter eggs in the show. So don't don't hit fast forward because I'm just going to sneak sneak some extra plays in. There's so many good plays. But you get even more of them over there on the Patreon. Uh, check that out, www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you aren't, we're still thrilled to have you here. Uh, we'll get to it all. It's courtesy of Bet Online. Send up link in the show description current as the time of this recording again on late friday afternoon uh jake already covered it 31 a grade plays that were already locked in there were so many good ones uh, i mean it, it's tough 
I feel like they're easily seven or eight that really could have fallen in this A plus category. We talked about a few of them uh, beforehand, but one that you and I both liked here, Notre Dame is only laying four points at home against Syracuse. Sideline says it should be almost eight, and it's that perfect storm we talked about. Low number. Notre Dame could easily win this by double digits. If not, late game foul should keep us over this number. It's an early tip, 11 a.m. Central. I just haven't been impressed with Syracuse. I think Notre Dame squad's pretty solid at home. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. Is it that simple? Just Notre Dame's a better team. Let's let's back them laying the low number. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Syracuse is rough this year. Like, uh, I mean, I know that was what the first losing season Bayheim had had last year and like ever. Uh, and I, I think we're about to make that two in a row. Mm. This, this, this Notre Dame team is very good, especially offensively. Really, really good offensively. Mm-hmm. Full of shooters, which is a terrible mixture for a zone. But I mean, they're a little thin just because of injuries and things, but that they run a really tight six-man rotation, and they are very good. They play outrageously, outrageous defense for like as for as thin as they are, and as not <laughs> unathletic is not the right word, but they're not like an overly athletic team. Uh, they play really, really good defense. Uh, it's like one of those situations where it's kind of like one of those backhanded compliments, you know, where you're trying to figure out how to like how to kind of be like. They're not really the most like, but they play good defense. <laughs> so yeah. It feels a little bit like a back end compliment yeah, there. Trying, trying to wade through those waters is tough. But yeah. I, mean, I mean, they are a very good team, extremely well coached. Mike Bray is one of the most more underrated coaches out there. I think he's got the Syracuse zone figured out and, because Bayheim hasn't changed that in forever. And this is one of the weaker Syracuse teams he's had in a while. Outside of Edwards, there's not really – nobody's really doing anything well. I mean, Gerard's gone what – I think he went scoreless against Illinois mm. and – was not didn't have a great game before that. They lost three in a row um, right now, and like one of those being Bryant, and they were that was at home. Like, I mean, it, and they just Illinois just dismantled them in the second half. I, I just don't think the Syracuse team has got much, and Notre Dame's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, a, a Bryant team that you know I think we both like, but also like still below most of what we're going to see in the ACC this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to lay the fourth there with Notre Dame. We'll get you another A play here uh, that Jake really liked. I, I like this one, too. Uh, Charleston laying nine and a half at the Citadel. Another early start. Uh, Southern says this should be um, about ten and a half. And this Charleston team has been a lot of fun to back. They've uh, really a program on the rise, moving in the right direction, looking really good. Um they should be able to take care of this one on the road. Uh, Jake, what is your opinion on this one? Yeah, I think this Charleston team is for real. I mean, I know they lost to North Carolina and the final score looked bad, but that game was a lot closer than what the final score said. And I think they covered, I can't remember if they covered that game or not, but uh, it, it was a lot closer than what that final score said. They won against Richmond in overtime. They beat Virginia Tech. They've got a very, very good offense and they play at a fast pace, which is fun. Uh, and they force you to have to score against their – this is going to sound like another backhanded compliment, but a very average defense. Um, they force you to score against that because of how they score and how they just are running up and down. And that's not what Citadel wants to do. Citadel is bad. Uh, their offense is really bad. And their defense is somehow worse. They're, it's just – I don't think the Citadel really has a chance to stay in this game. Uh, I mean, Charleston is putting up – almost 80 points a game and they've got two guys in double figures that are just very balanced they they're not the best three-point shooting team but they don't need it with the with the way they play and the way they force turnovers and speed people up and then they hit 77 percent of their free throws so there's not really a big fear of that 
of them being up 12 and a, a couple fouls and like the missing free throws and then Sedell's back in this game. It's they should be like once they get up by 10, they shouldn't really ever get under it. All right, so we're gonna lay the nine and a half there with Charleston, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in another another A play, an- another another one. Uh, Portland, yeah, Port- Portland State laying two uh, against Air Force. I, I like that one. I-, I I don't understand why this number is so low. I think Portland State at home is the better team already. Uh, I think they win this one handily. So uh, I'm going to put that one on my record sheet there. So it's a, an extra A play. They're a little Easter egg for you, which will take us to the best B side. You're going to a lot of these in. Uh, Jake, the first one that caught your I 4 p.m. Central. Ohio getting eight and a half points at Marshall. Sideline says this should be more like seven and a half. So a situation where we often talk about the flip side of this number, and that it doesn't mean that getting – you know, seven, eight points is always good and laying five points is always good. We just say that's if we already like that side, those numbers help us out because at eight and a half, when you get closer to that 10, hopefully we can avoid some late game fouls and say under that number. So just a little bit of an extra bonus there being on the right side of where a lot of teams would stop fouling, basically just needing Ohio to hang in there, you know, down three, foul a couple times, lose by seven. We cover the eight and a half. An Ohio team that, could go on the road and win this game. I'm not saying that's the most likely outcome, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing here. Uh, Jake, what's your opinion here? Yeah, this Ohio team is one of my favorites to back, especially when they're underdog. They're they've not 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 covered as an underdog, however you want to say that. Uh, and they even have an outright win or two. Um, they've got a very good offense and a meh defense, but uh, Dwight Wilson and Miles Brown are just a very good combo. They've got a really good point guard in Hunter. Uh, they do a good job of not turning the ball over. That's mostly due to Hunter running the offense. Uh, Marshall just plays at this insane pace. They're just, it's fun to watch because they just they're up and down points everywhere, um, and they've got a decent defense to back it up. Better than you would expect with the pace they play. But and they've only got they I say they only got they've got these two good players in Kinsley and Taylor. But besides that, there's not a lot of scoring behind them, and I think that's where Ohio's going to kind of get them. Is Ohio's got a few more options. And enough to keep this uh, close. I mean, and Marshall doesn't really shoot the ball well, and they struggle the free throw line. Uh, they've got only two guys on the team over seventy, and then four guys at fifty-five or below. And one of the guys is shooting twenty. That's. I think that opens up all sorts of windows for a backdoor cover here, where mm-hmm. Ohio mm-hmm. fights get back in the game when when they've kind of been out of it. Um, and I I think that's really. There's just more options for Ohio to win with this eight and a half than there is for Marshall covering eight and a half. Yeah, and it's a great point. I always like to talk about the same sort of thing, right? There's lots of ways we can win this game. We talked about that first game with Notre Dame, right? Multiple ways we can win that. Notre Dame just runs away, or Notre Dame is up only a little bit late and can win with late game fouls. If the game gets to overtime, they can cover it. There are lots of ways to win. It's the same sort of thing here with Marshall not being a good free throw shooting team gives us extra chances to win this. Either Ohio just hangs in there, or even if it's, you know, 10 or 11 or something like that, you know, easy, easy. The back door will be open, at least is what we'll say. It doesn't mean they can get it, but it would be open. So a lot of ways we can win that makes always makes for a, a, a better play. Uh, to a bonus B side here, 3 p.m. Central Boston College, at Duke. Duke is laying 17. Something says it should be a little bit more than 17. I mean, Duke at home, much better team. They should win. The only question is, can they win by enough? Jake, why do you think they can cover this giant number? Uh, first off, Boston College is not very good. This team lost to such powerhouse basketball teams as Maine and Tarleton. Hey, don't you insult Maine! <laughs> I mean, it's a great state. 
beautiful place to vacation, just not known for their basketball. It's goals. it's only one of like six states that I haven't been to yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to going to Acadia. I've heard it, I've heard good things. I just yeah. haven't made it up there yet. Yep, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and then they also lost to Nebraska, but that's not as bad. But when you look at the score of the Nebraska game, that's about to say they got crushed by Nebraska. That was they got crushed by Tarleton State. Like this is not uh, not a great team by any stretch. Yeah. They struggled to score of only broke 73 times. They want to play a slow and deliberate game, which is also what happens that Duke wants to do. And Duke has got 10 times the talent. Um, they're really tall and Boston College is not going to know what to do with all that size. They've got some really good guard play. If Lively keeps playing like he played this last game where he keeps improving each game, he's going to be that number one recruit. He's going to start showing that. Whitehead seems to be waking up a little bit. I mean, Flapowski's done amazing. Roach is playing really good. Uh, Young has been a great transfer from Northwestern. I just – I don't see a way Boston College is going to stay in this game. I think, especially at home, I think Duke's going to just keep rolling and rolling and you're going to look up and Duke's up 25 to 30 with a few minutes left in the game and Boston College is calling it quits. Yeah. It, when we talk about laying such a big number, the model doesn't like to do it a lot. When it does, I always like it when it's a, when it's one of two situations. Either A, it's against a team like an IUPUI who is just so bad that the other team's second string can still increase the lead, or a situation like this where the team you're backing, their second string can as well. And when you look at how bad Boston College has looked against a team like Nebraska, you have to say the backups on Duke are probably relatively comparable to what Nebraska has. It, I mean, it, maybe those guys in Nebraska may be a little bit better, but not by a ton, right? The, the the depth that a team like that has, they put the second string in, you know, with 15 minutes to go in the game. And those second stringers still have the opportunity to increase the lead, right? Which makes you feel a little bit better as opposed to if it was against a team that only has five players. And then it's like, well, if the backups are in, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to come back. Right. Yeah. Duke should still be able to continue to increase their lead the whole game, which will help us cover the 17 there. Uh, and I'm going to give you a bonus bonus B side. Uh, something that you might miss Alabama minus 18 and a half. They are playing South Dakota state who's playing tonight, and we don't know how that game's gone on. We, we had Kent State as an A-grade play uh, here on Friday, but they're they're playing in Kent State, traveling to – I don't know where Kent State is as a state. It's not one of the 50 that I learned, but it's not right next door. <laughs> I know where it's located. It's a joke. Uh, bad joke, but, you know, bad joke kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They got to travel They got to travel to Tuscaloosa overnight and play a rested Alabama team who's just going to run them out of the gym, I'm afraid. So uh, be great pick according to the model, Alabama minus 18 and a half. It's a great spot to back them and lay a big number just like we did with Duke in, in a situation where I'm not sure they can hang. Yeah, and going to Alabama on tired legs is not a team you want to do, do that mm-hmm. with the way Nato likes to play. So I think that, I think he's really going to press his advantage there. And Exactly. Yeah, you, you'd, you'd rather do that if you had to against a team like about Charlotte, right, going at that really slow pace, right? You don't want to do that against a team like Alabama. That's not really ideal. So I'll give you a bonus bonus B-side, lay the 18 and a half with Alabama, which takes us to the Jake on a Limb segment, a game that the model has not made a pick on yet. If it did, it would be a C-grade pick. This one's Indiana at Rutgers. A game that, assuming you can find a slot for it, aside from all the college football conference championship games that you'll be watching potentially, uh, should be a a good one to watch. Indiana is a three-point road favorite. Southern says it should be 3.6. So right now it's kind of waiting until the morning, seeing what the line movement does. But, Jake, you think you've got an edge on this, and you think that there's a play to be made right now. Tell us what that play is and why you're making it. 
Like, uh, this is going to look bad after I left him out of the top tier Big Ten discussion on yesterday. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm going to take the points with Rutgers. I, th- I think this is it has nothing to do with how good I think Indiana is because I think they're a really good team. I just think this spot and playing at Rutgers is tough. Like, they're coming off the high of beating North Carolina. And even though it's not the best North Carolina team in the world, it's still North Carolina. Uh, so that name just carries a little bit of weight. Uh, and Rutgers is a very good defensive team. They're playing – they're playing good. This game was a three-point game in Bloomington last year uh, that Rutgers won on the buzzer. So so it should be a very good game. And then, like we've talked a few times of the year, Rutgers at the rack is different than anywhere else. They haven't mm-hmm. lost there yet this year. Um, I can't say his name. Omori. Um, the big guy for Rutgers, he can, he can absolutely hang with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, and score with him, make him, make him work for it. Um, McConnell's getting healthier and playing better. I, I just think the spot kind of screws records. I think IU's going to be uh, overlooking them maybe a little bit, living off that high just a tad bit because this record team isn't that great this year. Uh, it's just if I don't, I don't, I didn't look at the schedule. Say they play twice. If they play, they play twice. Uh, the second time would be all over at mm-hmm. IU. But mm-hmm. this just a spot that it screams tight game and I want the three points. Yeah. We talked a little bit. Yeah. About Rutgers in that home court advantage that that's one of the more extreme ones in the country for college basketball, how well they play there compared to how poor they play away from home. Uh, so you're thinking it's a good spot to grab the three with Rutgers. And yeah, we, we left Indiana out. I, I made a comment in the chat that I knew as we were saying those teams, that there was one team that was, had also looked really good that we left out, but that was kind of the whole point was there's so many good teams in the big 10 that like, you know, you can't help but leave one out and or give it two more weeks and someone's going to have some great wins and jump at the top and some bad losses. They're all so good. They're all going to beat each other up, right? So it's kind of the point of it. But yeah, we, we think in the end is really good. It's just a tough spot here. So Jake, you're going to grab the three with Rutgers. I'm going to give you a, a, a little professor on a limb here for you real quick. Uh, Omaha plus 18 is only a C grade according to the model at North Texas. Uh, North Texas, I'm not sure they're going to score 18 points. Uh, they're not going to allow one either. I mean, this game might finish like 17s. It might look like a football. It's not going to, obviously. But North Texas plays really slow. Uh, uh, I think they're the third. No, they were the slowest team. I think the slowest team in the country. That's going to make it hard to cover a big number like that. Omaha's not very good, but I think they can cover a number like 18. So I think o- Omaha plus 18 ought to be on your radar as well. Totally agree. Not that's not a must see game. The one you talked about, Indiana Rutgers, is a must see game. <laughs> Another must see game that we're going to highlight here, eight thirty p.m. Central. So a night game, college football, right? You got a bunch of those good afternoon games, and then at, at the night games, you got it, you might have a blowout with Michigan, Purdue. You you might have a blowout with Clemson, North Carolina, or you may just not care yeah. given how poorly those teams have looked. Right, so might be able to find your way onto a TV set here. St. Mary's at Houston, uh, total is 118 on this one. I have to say, sideline says 118.9 might be the lowest projected model total of the season. I'm not, I'm not officially playing this, but I just, I would, I would not play the over folks. That's all I'm going to say is I would not play the over, even though it's so low with these two teams, Houston's laying 10 and a half. Uh, the model has already locked in a B grade play on Houston says that it should be a little bit more than 11. The St. Mary's team is pretty good, but I mean, I think we're all, you know, eyeing this one as if Houston can really put their stamp on this one and really cement themselves as a, at the moment, 
you know, a number one seed. That's the direction we're heading, that sort of thing. Got a couple other tests this month, but this is another chance for them to really put their mark on college basketball and say, we are one, we are deserving of a one seed. Jake, why do you think Houston can win by 11 or more? Look, it's, it's going to be rare that you see a spread this big being must-see TV. It's just these two teams, it, the styles happen. It's going to be fun to watch, uh, even though it's going to be a low-scoring battle. But I think this is one of the ones that, it's very tight all throughout the game. Then all of a sudden, the last like five minutes or so, Houston just kind of pulls away just because St. Mary's just doesn't have the offense to hang with Houston. Houston's got the better offense to go with these two great defenses. Um, plus, St. Mary's has lost their last two in a row. I'm not sure that I think they're struggling to find the offense on a guy on offense to say, okay, we need a bucket at the end of the shot clock here or to break this slump you'll get us one. They just don't have that guy. And it's not like they're loaded with shooters either where they can shoot, like move the ball around and find an open shot and then sh- shoot you out of your defense. It's just not going to happen for them. Um, I think the way Houston rebounds the ball and, of course, the way they play defense and how they can just really put streaks together and just put five, 10, 15 on you in a hurry, uh, which is kind of counterintuitive to how low this total is. But they can they can just absolutely go on one of those runs at any point on anybody and it's – really hard to come back because they just don't make mistakes often. Uh, St. Mary's depth is going to come back to eat them here. It's it's a bold for St. Mary's to have this game on the schedule, but I just don't think they have enough. Houston's going to get this win covered probably about 12 to 15, and it's going to be a tight game all throughout, and then they just pull away late. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say another angle in this game would be St. Mary's team total under. I just don't see how they score. The, the pace of this game is going to be at a snail's pace with the way these two teams play. Houston, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the best defense in the country. St. Mary's might easily have a top 10 defense. Yeah. Uh, but the difference is, like you said, St. Mary's offense is, is solid for them, for a mid-major, absolutely. But against a team that's, you know, very reasonably a top five team in Houston. Um, you know, like I said, eyeing a number one seed, it, it's it's going to be tough for them to get it done. I'm going to predict the score. I'm going to predict something like 60 to 40. I think St. Mary's team total is going to be in the low 50s. I'm not sure they get to 50. I think it's going to be something in the 40s because they're just not going to have that many possessions. And their offense, I think, is just going to get suffocated by Houston. We've seen Houston sometimes give up some points when they've kind of played either teams with better offenses, teams that played faster, um, or teams that they've just run away from, right? But I think they're going to be focused on this game and play a hard defense for a full 40 minutes. St. Mary's going to have to have a bunch of threes go in, I think, to get outside of the 40s in this one. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're laying it with Houston. Like I said, I think St. Mary's team total under might make some sense, too, because I just don't see how they score a bunch of points in this one. No, no, I mean, they'd have to have the shooting day of their, their lives for this because, I mean, we've seen Houston win games in the 40s and we've seen them put up 100 and beat somebody by 50. Uh, right, yeah. Ridiculous. And not a game that – and not a game they're going to put up 100 in, right, because St. Mary's doesn't want to go at that faster pace. But, uh, yeah, they, they, Houston at least has the talent and the offense to – I'm not saying that they're going to run you know, run it up on St. Mary's type thing, yeah. but St. Mary's defense is really good, but Houston's offense is good enough to score a few points, uh, whereas yeah. St. Mary's offense is, as with most offenses in the country, are going to struggle with Houston. If Houston decides to play an intense 40 minutes and you're limiting number of possessions, most teams are going to have a hard time scoring points on Houston. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another quick must-see TV game. Uh, Oklahoma uh, plus three at Villanova. I, I love Oklahoma getting the three. They're kind of like them on the money line as well. I think they got a good shot to go in and get the road victory. Uh, Villanova is just in trouble. This is a complete coin toss game in my opinion. So I, I think whether you're grabbing the three, uh, which is the official A-grade model pick, or the money line, I think Oklahoma makes some sense as well. 
Yeah, I know Villanova's been beat up with injuries, and Neptune looks like he's struggling to find his feet right now uh, with what he needs to do with his team. So uh, Oklahoma's a great play here. Yep. All right, and that'll take us to the overtime segment. I'm going to take us home and give you the breakdown of this one. 1 p.m. Central, Coastal Carolina at Winthrop. Winthrop is laying two and a half, and that's the side that we're going to be on here in a grade pick from the model, which says it should be about five. I don't understand why this number is so low. I think it's that situation I talked about yesterday with Boston, and, and who knows how that's going to play out, especially with uh, Merrimack getting their key guy back and that, that whole thing. But if nothing else – just like I predicted in yesterday's show, I laid the three with Boston. I said it's going to go up towards you know at least five or six. And at the time of this recording, it's still Boston minus five. And I think the same sort of thing's going to happen here. I think this is a there's a lot of games happening, and we're going to hang a number that's pretty close to Ken Palm's number, which is two point eight. That's why they've hung it here. But I think it should be four and a half, five. I think Winthrop's the better team at home. The model has loved Coastal Carolina and hasn't really worked well, so I love now going against them here. Again, I love laying a short number with the home team like this one. I think they're the better team. So laying two and a half points makes too much sense to pass up, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's a way uh, Coastal really solves the Talford. He is a really good player for Winthrop, fun to watch, big guy, leads the team in scoring and rebounds. And then they've got a really good guard in McMahon, too, right behind him. Uh, So they've got a really good one-two punch that really should carry him through this game, especially Mm -hmm. with a short number. Yep, absolutely. All righty. That's a lot of games that we've crammed at you here, uh, crammed into this space here for you. Uh, reminder, is with all the Saturday games, uh, join us on Discord. Again, that sign-up link is through Patreon. Ask us about other games. Uh, we'll let you know what we're thinking. Uh, on occasion, on Friday, was able, what I was able to do, there were fewer games, as I updated everyone. I said, hey, these were where the model had B plays last night. Now they have A plays. I can't do that on Saturday because there's too many games. But if you hop in that Discord and say, hey, what do you think about this game? I can give you an update on a game or two. So yeah. come hit us up on Discord for all the other games that you weren't able to talk about or the line movements. It's a great mm-hmm. spot, great little community that we're building up. Uh, Jake, other than that, any parting words from you? No, no, the Discord and the Patreon benefits are worth their weight in gold with the way the lines have been moving and everything. So I would highly advise joining in. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've run on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We will be back again on Monday with more sports betting content. No Sunday shows for us. But until then, as always, best of luck this weekend with college football, college basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL, all the sports things happening. World Cup. World Cup, absolutely, yes. Good luck with all of that. And until we see you again, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.